Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. talking about um, burgers earlier. See, I, I was very disappointed to see that Mr. Beast Burgers was not anything close to being a beast. No, it actually kind of looks uh, like trash, to be honest. It, it looked like a bad high school cafeteria burger. That's exactly what it looked like. It, it was, uh, yeah, like you could see the, you, you know, when you like wake wake up after a bad night's sleep and you have that sort of like sheet dent on your face like that's what the burger looked like it looked <laughs> like it woke up with like sheet dent on its face like it had been having a rough nap well i was uh, i was excited because uh <laughs> i was um i was perusing the new additions to doordash because that's what my life has been reduced to is just instead of Ooh. scrolling through the internet <laughs> or scrolling through twitter or facebook i scroll through doordash and see what's new uh, and, and Mr. and Mr. Beast popped up, and I was like, "Oh!" And I literally exclaimed, "Mr. Beast Burgers!" And Emily was like, "Oh no, no, you're not getting any Beast Burgers." <laughs> so oh, uh, no, I've heard about them. I've heard about those Beast Burgers. You they stay away lie. from that Beast Burger. Wait, that so you found this on DoorDash? Yeah. So what it is is, um, it's it's like a pop-up restaurant within a restaurant. So it's mostly in Italian restaurants uh, around the country. So oh, I know, so it's not uh, specifically Bertucci's? No, so it's Bertucci's around here, but I know on like the West Coast, it's in uh, Buca de Beppe, which is uh, a Buca West de Beppe. Coast equivalent. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, Buca de Beppe. It's uh, no, it it, it, roughly <laughs> it, it roughly translates. It roughly translates. That isn't anything. It, is. <laughs> it roughly translates to. No, 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 this isn't cool. You, you can't just go around spreading fake news. Not All in right. this climate. Not in this climate. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Old Men Yell at Cloud. I am your host this episode, uh, Mr. Jim Schultz. And as always, joining me is Mr. Patrick S. Barry. Yeah, I guess I'm here. Sure. I- I'm Patrick S. Barry, and I am here. Sure. Jesus, he's been really upset to be on the show lately. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Mr. Christopher Glad Brown. To be here. Yeah, I think that uh, Patrick might need to take a nappy nap. He's a, he's a tired boy. And uh, we're doing uh, a hamburger. We're doing a zany album today, so I had to have my uh, de facto zany album guest on, Mr. Uh, Tom Ribeiro. Hello, I'm the zany guy. You are. Wackadoo. (laughs) I'm here. He's here. You know what I like about this the most, I think? That we don't, Um, that you don't have to like show us you and you can just be naked? No. Well, I mean, I'd prefer if I could look my colleagues in the eye and have a discussion about Primus, but uh, we're on Zoom and, and I don't have a video. I'm staring at you and you cannot stare at me. Yeah. And this feels very powerful. Oh, okay. 
Uh, well, Tom just gave away the album we're doing today. So, oh, <laughs> well, he didn't give away the album; he gave away the band. Um, well, uh, so I, I think if, that uh, both will be given if, uh, away by anyone who downloads this episode right now. And which uh, we're not. you want to guess the album? Which Primus album? Please dial one for Pork Zoda. Please dial two for Tales from the Punch Bowl. All right, hey, Pork Zima. Oh yeah, Pork Zima. <laughs> That'd be a good '90s band name, right there. <laughs> yeah, it would. Oh man. Know. Anyways, we're That's doing uh, we're doing 1991's <laughs> "Sailing the Seas of Cheese." Hooray! And uh, yeah, I, I we've been we've been talking about doing at least I've been talking about doing a Primus <laughs> album for a long time, um, but I usually spare Christopher at the last second and change it because uh, he's uh, he's expressed uh, much uh, disgust. Uh, for Primus, so this should be an interesting episode. Uh, maybe we'll get a, th- a two or a three out of them uh, today. But I don't know. He, <laughs> he, uh... <laughs> well, let me just say this up front: I found this less offensive than that Todd Rundgren album. I was, wow. was going to say this. This has to be less offensive than the fucking Wizard of True Star because that's that album just just sucks. Apparently, uh, well, it 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 just was so antithetical to music that I like. That it felt like you you were slapping me. <laughs> you have another Garfield graphic behind you now. Does that say something about keto? Is Garfield on the keto diet? It says hello, That's not John. good for his digestion. <laughs> Probably Is not. It? Garfield would die on keto. You can't eat lasagna on keto. No, you can't. It's, <laughs> you have to eat those fucking shirataki noodles, and those taste like ass. <laughs> Garfield would be even more miserable. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, seriously. Can't mix hey, so how uh, about tomato sauce with those? How about that recent thing that we uncovered that um, Jim Davis is friends with Mike Pence? That's fucking strange, right? <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> they're both from Indiana, sure, and like he's a public. They're both like public figures from Indiana, I guess. It's a pretty elite club, actually. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Jim Davis engages enough with politics to like know any better. He's probably just like. Oh, it's the governor. Oh, cool. I'm going to go in and bring my kitty cat cartoon and, and get a signature from the big bad governor. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa. He doesn't where, know where like, did... that he, you know, all, all the fucking evil shit that he believes in. He's in, he's Patrick, in, he's in you... bed the night before. He's like, oh, honey, I'm so nervous about meeting the governor man tomorrow. Which which Garfield <laughs> cartoon should I bring him? <laughs> he has so many. <laughs> which one do you think he'll like the most? We have a couple grade A uh, Jim Davis impressions here, though. I, for a second, I thought that uh, you guys had left and he had entered the room. I honestly yeah, have no idea what what he what. I almost said. John, I think. I am, what did I? Jim, Jim, I think you should bring the week long cereal when when the power goes out at the house and it's just. You just see John I, and Garfield's eyeballs for a week. I almost, that was what happened the week that I was born, by the way. On like July of 1984 sometime, there was like a week long where they lost power, and it's just their eyeballs. I, I almost said John Davis, and then I started imagining Jonathan Davis from Corn doing <laughs> during Garfield. <laughs> <don't, don't laughs> like, might as well be. It all comes mm. back to that, doesn't just it? Just like the cover of fucking mm, Follow the Leader, but it's all fucking Ooh. Garfield characters. <laughs> God, it's all coming together. I like that. I could... <laughs> yeah, and I could see him incorporating it into the lyrics too, like mm, pop, pop, uh, mm, mm, lasagna. 
Wait, is this Hanson or Jonathan Davis? Is this, I can't tell. <laughs> There's no difference between the two. They're oh, all connected. No wonder. <laughs> yeah, they're all Open part. Of, they're all part of the Illuminati or something. I don't know. All right, uh, sailing the seas of cheese is the second studio album and major label debut by the American rock band Primus, released on May Fourteenth, nineteen ninety one. This uh, album is as old as my uh, fiance. Uh, it spawned three singles. Jerry was a race car driver, which Christopher has never heard, surprisingly. Tommy the Cat, which Christopher also has never heard. And those damn blue car tweak damn blue collar tweakers, which Christopher thinks he might have heard. Uh, no, I've definitely heard it. You, yeah, you've heard that one? Can't confirm, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jerry was a race car driver, appeared in the video games ATV, Off-Road Fury, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Also Rock Band 3, and as a downloadable content for Rocksmith 2014... While American Life appears in Tony Hawk's Project 8, as well as the first season of True Detective, which actually, I don't remember that. Or maybe I do. I don't know. I remember it. I it was don't. at the party scene right before oh, like the really the awesome like long shot. Oh, okay. Where they had like an eight-minute shot like yeah, as yeah. Russ and, and Marty were like trying to leave that fucked up party. Oh, uh, yeah. It was so sick. This, uh, yeah, that, that was great. <laughs> this album got uh, some crazy fucking recognition, I guess. So, uh, reviewing the album for all music, Steve Huey contends that Sailing the Seas of Cheese completely redefined the possibilities of the electric bass and rock music for those who've never heard the group before. He describes the album as mostly rock-driven, flushing out their heavy metal roots with prog rock tricks from Rush and Frank Zappa, as well as the novelty side of Zappa's sense of humor. He notes that the willful goofiness may alienate some listeners, but it never detracts from the band's frequently stunning musicianship and concludes that this album is the tightest, most song-oriented representation of their jaw-dropping, one-of-a-kind style. Yeah, so, uh, so I, someone I have who, a question. who frequented all music a lot as a kid, I I, I put a lot of faith in, into that website. And I, I gave it a I four and this a half. Was a, I have, okay, I was going to say it was either a five or a four and a half. But which is like pretty, uh, which means a lot from that website. They're pretty uh, stingy with those. Now, and that you said that was Steve Huey that said that. Yeah. Now I would be really curious to get the take of uh, Steve's Louie and Dewey. I would be <laughs> as well. You know what? I, I bet that they would have a lot to say about uh, Christmas morning and uh, presents and, and how great they are uh, when they run downstairs. They're probably really excited and. Uh, so, and they probably have things to say to Uncle Donald and Uncle Scrooge. I don't know what, but like probably just like bullshit that they're thinking about. Now, just as, as an aside here, <laughs> what is the connection to Christmas morning? Because I don't believe yeah, I have ever seen about? those. <laughs> I don't believe I've ever seen those three characters in a Christmas okay. context. Let, let's. I okay. So Mickey's Christmas Carol from like whenever that was, like nineteen eighty eight or something. That that was canonically the first Ducktales episode. So that is like an important date or an event for for the <clears throat> for the, the nephews, uh, Deuteronomy Lewis and uh, Hubert Duck. Right. Well, every, <laughs> everyone remembers where they were on uh, twelve twenty three eighty eight. Wow. Okay. Our, uh, it, it, wait, when, when did that uh, car accident with Matthew Broderick happen? Was that 1988? That was in that neighborhood. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What, when he, yeah, when he killed that girl? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we should I mean, never I let the world. Directly, they, they didn't directly do it, but they were, they were fucking around in the road. That's for sure. 
Yeah, it was eighty-seven. Uh, yeah, he killed. Uh, <laughs> he killed a girl and her mother. I'm, I'm, and, I'm not and, laughing at that. That's terrible. Matthew but, Broderick uh, did. Yeah, no, he, no. he was dri- He was driving in Ireland with uh, Jennifer Grey because uh, they were dating at the time. And yeah, they uh, they were just driving around like a bunch of uh, like a bunch of ding Hollywood teens. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And his punishment was uh, he had to pay an one hundred and twenty five dollar fine. Is that true? That's that's fucking dead ass true. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you got it. They never got a uh, the 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 family never got a public apology either. Jesus, that's fucking, yeah. It's like wow, a, <laughs> they must hate him. <laughs> oh yeah, Broderick, you gone and killed Bro- one of our own. <laughs> yeah, Broderick. Now you need a, to pay uh, a one twenty. Oh, now I'm sounding like an Indian guy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> careful. <laughs> Yeesh. Speaking of, yep, I heard they got rid of. Uh, nah, I don't care. Uh, I heard they got rid of a poo on The Simpsons. Yeah, I think they phased him out. They did. I, I I have not watched uh, The Simpsons since I think the last one. I the last new episode I caught was like 2012, uh, and Jesus Christ, that was. Uh, nine years ago, man. A lot uh, of a lot of shit has fucking happened in the last like twenty five seasons that we haven't watched. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, I haven't watched like th- there was a time where like I watched every single week, probably from like nineteen ninety four, nineteen ninety three, nineteen ninety four to like two thousand two ish, and like I've caught episodes here and there since then. Uh, but like, yeah, it's somewhere around like the the late two thousands. I was it was I was catching like one episode per like five seasons. <laughs> yeah, em, em and I started uh, binge watching from the beginning. Where I think we're almost through season six. I think season six is probably the best fucking season. Like that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. it's got fucking. Uh, let's see here, season six. I mean, it starts off with the one where Bart thinks uh, Flanders murdered his wife. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a good Scratchy one. Land. It's got... Uh, oh, that's a great one. Yeah, that, that one that one uh, is is pretty special. Treehouse of Horrors, yep. where um, Homer has the, tri- the time-traveling toaster and goes back to when it's raining donuts. In the Shinnin. Yeah, yeah, that one. Homer yeah. Badman, which is the, uh, the one where oh, the gummy, God. The gummy so bear good. gets stuck to the babysitter's ass. Yeah, we're on season seven right now. You know what? Uh, I, I, the only like new Simpsons episode that I've seen, and again, similar to you, Patrick, it's not new. It was from 2013. Uh, we, <laughs> yeah. we just we sought out the one that takes place in Iceland just because, and it was actually it was pretty good. Uh, actually, had like a a few like laugh out loud moments. There was one moment where uh, they're standing at the cathedral, Hagramskirke, in the middle of uh, Reykjavik, and Homer's trying to make an announcement. And there's like a group of people in front of him, not too big, but like just like a group of people. He's like, "All right, is this everyone?" And one of them's like, "No." One guy walks over and joins the crowd, and then he's like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like the the rule about the however many monkeys in a room. Eventually, they're going to crack <laughs> some good jokes, right? Like, yeah, they're making how many episodes per per season? Like twenty four or some shit. Like, there's got to be at least. Like many, just yeah. statistically, there has to be at least oh, like yeah. you one or they, two good jokes in there. You know what they say: yeah. even a blind squirrel finds a nut. That's true. 
All right. Sure does. Um, let's uh, go around the table. Uh, let's um, do our favorite song. Let's start with Patrick. All right. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So I, I even talked about my particular relationship with this record. So, uh, yeah, Primus, it, it, they're a cool band. I, I don't really listen to them a lot now, but uh, definitely they, they were a band that, they're, that intrigued me when I was younger. And actually this... I, I picked up this on compact disc uh, around the time that I got my first car in like 2004. It was a 1996 Chevy Lumina. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Team Lumina over here. That's right. Yeah, 97. I, baby, yeah. I, I fucking love that car. And uh, yeah, so I, I actually have some fond memories of this disc. Uh, and I... I Actually, listening through to this, I kind of like all these songs. They they kind of all are equally good, uh, and kind of equally all do. Good. They'll do kind of the same thing uh, <laughs> in a good way. But I really think Eleven was the essentially the standout one uh, back then and now. It's it's like it, it's pretty proggy, you know. It, it's an eleven, it, you know, with it being an eleven eight. <laughs> it's pretty proggy, but like it's also like pretty loose, uh, which kind of gives it that like very necessary post punk edge. Like you know, like it, it, it's almost like at times they they wrote better than they could play, which is I, I kind of like when that happens. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, as a musician so yeah it's like it's still pretty loose but like the the riff itself is it's fucking rules uh and, and uh yeah that uh the, there there's a few uh moments that that are kind of like that there, there there's just some like really fucking slamming riffs but i think the one that that main one on 11 is like probably one of the best that primus has done that's uh in my opinion it's funny because when we got to this song I was like, oh yeah, like this is the song I always forget exists, but I it's awesome. Like I fucking love it too. It's definitely Yeah, and I remember uh, I remember loving it back then too. That th this is always a fucking rock solid jam in, in my car, like when I was twenty years old. Alright. Alright, I'm gonna save Christopher for last because he's gonna be the spicy <laughs> boy this episode. So uh uh Tom, why don't you tell us a little bit about your your history with Primus and then and then give us your favorite track. Okay, uh, I would I would say that uh, Primus, if if someone held a gun to my head and said, "What's your favorite band?" I think I'd have to say Primus, just because I've listened through most of their catalog over and over and over again. It's really easy. It's really fun. So that's my that's my history with with Primus. Really, we even Jimmy. And myself even sculpted ourselves in the likeness of Primus True. when we started playing music together. We did. Oh wow! I, I remember those uh, those clay sculptures. They were made. <laughs> uh, Primus big in the claymation. So yeah, that's true. It was a weird, weird, uh, weird uh, fetish that you guys had. We share that <laughs> fetish together. Yeah, yeah. I don't um, judge. No, no. no kink shaming. 
yeah, and I play. I mean, I played bass in high school, and then obviously I was like, you know, I looked up to to Les, and I was like, I just want to be more like that because he's goofy and talented, and you know, that's what I wanted to be. So that's that. And my favorite track, <laughs> my favorite track on the album, is one of the top tracks. I think that Jimmy had listed earlier, which is Tommy the Cat. Definitely what? No, I'm saying, yeah. Oh, because your name is Tommy, too. That's pretty much it. You know, I, I like, I'm a simple guy. <laughs> yeah, he likes like Tommy the Cat. He likes uh, uh, the Who's Tommy. He yeah, likes... that's right. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Green Ranger. Like, those are the, <laughs> you know, I just go for those low hanging fruits. Um, but no, seriously, it's just like the, it's like, I have so much fun every time I listen to that song and uh, having seen them live a couple of times and just being part of the of the crowd, you know. Dude, everybody goes is, fucking like, nuts during Tommy Like the singing the end of the song yeah. all together <laughs> is just fucking intense, you know, and it's awesome. Yeah, what did, so that's why. Tom, and you and I have seen, not necessarily Primus, but Les Claypool seven times now, I think. Wow. I, yeah, probably. And I think we're, we, it would have been eight this year if COVID didn't happen because we had tickets. That's too, right. Uh, yeah, and they were going to do a Rush tribute, too. They were going to do a bunch of fucking Rush songs. That's right. <laughs> Fuck. So I, I caught these guys back in, like, 2003 or something. I was a freshman in college at that point uh, at the Orpheum in Boston. They did this. They did the Sailing the Season Cheese album in its entirety uh, as a second act uh, and they did like a whole set beforehand of like tracks off their other records uh, that was a pretty sick show smelled great Lots of <laughs> ah the Orpheum <laughs> yeah. for, th for those of you uh, out in uh, the rest of the world if you ever get a chance to uh, catch a show at the Orpheum in Boston first of all it's probably the best venue acoustically you could go see a show Oh, but it's absolutely. also fucking hot as balls because that building was built when fucking like it was built in like uh, 500. <laughs> yeah, 500 AD. Yeah, dur during the Bronze Age. Uh, actually, like speak speaking of another band that Christopher hates, uh, I, I think one of the best shows I've seen in my life, uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, was at the Orpheum. 1852. Uh, it was. Great. And it was, and, and yeah, I caught them in 1852, uh, back in the Gold <laughs> Prospector days. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw, I've seen. Uh, I saw Nine Inch Nails there, and that was fucking awesome. Yeah, it's like the it's just like the perfect size where where like where a big act will play there, but it's still like pretty intimate and, and yeah, like the acoustics is just fucking blast where wherever you are in, in that place. All right, so um, like I said, I'm gonna save Christopher for last, but uh, uh, my history with Primus is um, I think it kind of started with fucking Tony Hawk because uh, you know I used to play the uh, I got the. The, uh, the demo disc you'd get with your PlayStation. And um, Tony Hawk was one of like the demo games you could play, and that song was on there. And uh, I just always loved fucking Jerry as a race car driver. And then I think... I think I might have just started listening to Primus more because you were listening to Primus more, Tom. Um, 
and then, then that was that. But uh, and then I was gonna say my favorite song is also Tommy the Cat, but I think maybe for the sake of uh, keeping things fresh and tasty, like a Mr. Beast Burger, um, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go with um, those damn blue collar tweakers. Because yeah. uh, that uh, that would be my second favorite song on this album, I think. Just uh, and we were talking about this in the chat. That that riff is just fucking, just fucking kicks you in the fucking face. It's so good, and uh, the stuff that um, that Herb is doing on the uh, on the drums is, has always, I thought, been pretty unique and cool in that track. So it goes in, yeah, yeah. And, and really deep. The aggression of the threesome uh, really comes out and, and is appreciated at that moment. Like you're 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 at a, a club seeing these three monsters just fucking dig into their instruments. Uh, yeah, that that riff fucking rules. I I've listened to this record in a long time and I, I forgot how like like King Crimsony and and just yeah. like badass it is. And um I. And and Tom mentioned this too in the in the chat, and I agree with him. I think you have a whole different appreciation for the song after you see it live. And I remember the one time I got to see them uh, front row, where Tom blew it and didn't come with me. Uh, they opened with this song. Mm, yeah, I think they opened with this in Brooklyn I, when we saw. Them. I think you're right. I think they did as well. That was an also an awesome show. We fucking saw Primus in Brooklyn, like right on the waterfront. Yeah, with uh, with Gorgo Bordello, and I swear to God, they played like the same song three times, and nobody noticed. <laughs> <laughs> they just played stop or or start wearing. Start purple, wearing like, purple, wearing purple. What was that, CB? Oh, I was just singing the song. Oh, <laughs> all right, CB, you're a special boy today. What's your uh, favorite track on this album? Uh, my favorite is also those damn blue collar tweakers. So. I kind of was getting a little bit more into this album as it went along. Um, the song, like, because at the beginning, there were a couple of songs in a row um, that were really just, like, fucking grating on me. And when we started this, I'm like, this is going to be the longest 45 minutes I have experienced in a very long time. But, no, it actually it started kind of, like, getting a little bit better for me as it went along. Um, Claypool's voice was usually not offensive, with one notable exception that I will uh, be discussing a little bit later in the evening. But yeah, those damn power tweakers, I think, was kind of like the pinnacle for me. It, I was actually looking at the lyrics the whole way through this as well, which I don't normally do. And one of the issues that I have, and the reason I started looking up the lyrics, is because a lot of Claypool's lyrics seem to be stories that he's telling. And he seems to start them all out like in a very similar way. Like, there was a man named blah, 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 blah. Someone had a something, something, something. Like, they always kind of <laughs> seem to have that like narrative beginning. And for some reason, that really fucking annoys me. Uh, but the lyrics to this, I thought, were actually very, very fun and um, interesting. Well, it's interesting. I looked up, because um, I was trying to find some more information on the album, because the Wikipedia album actually is, I mean, a Wikipedia article is uh, a little bit sparse. But um, I found a Chicago Tribune article from, like, 1991, <laughs> the year it came out. And um, it was talking about how Claypool was reluctant reluctant to discuss the true meaning of the lyrics, joking that he had to expend he had expended all his energy writing them. 
Uh, and he says, we're definitely doing whatever pops off the top of our heads. The lyrics usually come from random writings and notebooks, and they could probably be interpreted in a lot of ways. It really depends on what my blood sugar is like that day. So I don't I don't know if he's really putting too much thought into uh, to what, what they're writing. I think he's putting yeah. more effort into into the bass histrionics, yeah. to be honest with you, and like you know figuring out the different effects and, and affectations that he's going to lay down. And the the lyrics are sort of just like, well, I'm a silly guy. I'm gonna just kind of throw this shit on top of it and you know for the most part it works uh and other times it well i mean i mean even in the wikipedia article the uh the review by uh what the fuck's his name uh steve huey is talking about it's got that kind of zappa sense of humor where like zappa's music is like insane and then he just says this fucking nonsense over it and it's got that kind of uh you know that same kind of vibe going on i would say yeah, like, and his his particular brand of, of sense of humor kind of you know isn't for everybody. Right. I, I, I can see that as well. Yeah, I uh, I watched the Zappa documentary um, a few weeks ago with Emily, and uh, afterwards I was like, "So what'd you think?" She's like, "I was really trying to be open minded." <laughs> like, I was like, "I know, I know. He's a, he's a little bit of a wackadoo." But all right. Um, Let's move on to least favorite, Patrick. All right. Uh, like I said, I think most of the tracks here, the uh, like aside from the Segway tracks, which I assume it, it, it's normal baseball rules here. We're, we're not counting like Seas of Cheese, Granddad's Little Ditty, Savington Waltz, or Los Bastardos. Uh, when you take those four kind of fluff tracks away, you have nine pretty solid ass primus songs and and i would say within their canon like pretty essential uh like the the nine that are there are pretty fucking strong uh which you know i can't say that for future records of theirs <laughs> there, there, there's plenty of fucking goof ass tracks but uh yeah th this album is surprisingly more consistent than i remember uh, so I was kind of having a difficult time picking one. I'm actually going to go with Tommy the Cat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tommy the Human, for picking <laughs> that one. I'm personally offended. Uh... <laughs> I think for for me, it's the one, it, this is this is gonna sound really stupid talking about a Primus album, but it's it's the one that spoke the least to me, <laughs> which is like okay, it's Primus, like it, it's you know it, it it's Les Claypool doing his like fucking routine on the bass guitar and singing about whatever silly goblin is, is like on his mind. Uh, but I, I, I just think like the bass riff <clears throat> didn't do it for me as much as some of the other ones. It just wasn't as catchy as, as some of the other songs, which is, I mean, like the vocal hooks themselves were catchy, but like the bass stuff just didn't have the sort of like hypnotic groove that Eleven or uh, Blue Collar Tweakers or, or even like American Life had. Um, and I mean, but it, but it's a great track otherwise. Uh, but yeah, it's just like I had to pick one, and, and that's the one. Tommy the Cat's I've always had a weird relationship with because I love Tommy the Cat. Um, 
I love the bass riff and I love the drums in it. And um, I think the thing that really kind of uh, tears me apart is I'm not that big of a Tom Waits fan, but I feel like I couldn't imagine anybody else doing the voice of Tommy the Cat besides Tom Waits. So I don't know. I actually didn't even know that was him until yeah, he's in the today. music video too. Which is um, ridiculous. How did I not even know that? I've never seen the music video. Oh, it's fucking wacky it's as hell. You gotta wacky, watch it. <laughs> Les Claypool's like a bartender in a cat bar, and he's like pouring shots of milk and shit. That sounds about right. Yeah. The, the Winona's <laughs> Big Brown Beaver was a uh, pretty... That, that was actually the first Primus song that I ever heard, and, and it was through MTV, like, circa 1995. They would... They would play that video in between fucking like Hootie and the Blowfishes, <laughs> I Only Want to Be With You, and like Atlantis Morissette's like whatever single uh, was out that month in 1995. <laughs> like the first, uh, like, the first, that was a fucked up video. They, they were in those like weird ass shiny cowboy suits <laughs> that were like that, that was like such a, a thing in the mid 90s. The, uh, the first uh, Primus uh, video I ever saw was on MTVX, that rock metal station where they only played rock and metal videos, and it was Shake Hands with Beef. <laughs> the uh, MTV Porn Station, yes. everybody. MTV Triple X, just dirty yeah. videos all day. <laughs> all right. Yeah, the, and they had to wait until they came out with this channel to show this particular Primus video from 1997. Because uh, you see Wes Claypool's asshole. Whoa. <laughs> it's big. <laughs> way like bigger than you'd think. Peter Steele big? <laughs> uh, like, no, like, way bigger than you'd think. Like, like, like comically big. <laughs> he looks I don't like a, think about this. He looks like a man who takes big dumps. All right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> big toots. Tom, what's your uh, least favorite track? Uh, this one's is, easy for me. Yeah, it's easy. I think it's easy because I, I think Patrick put it best when he's like, you know, boil it down to the to the core nine. And I think there's one standout that actually I I, I actively dislike, and that's is it luck. It, it taught me that just because it's cool doesn't mean you should do it. <laughs> and that, that's what that song taught me. Because it's a cool little bippy doo bippy doo But there's no need for that, you know? Yeah, I'm going to hop on that train, too. That's also my least favorite. It's just it's really aggravating to listen to. You know what? I, I, I think this is the first time I've ever listened to it all the way through. Because I don't think I've ever made it more than 15 seconds into this song before. I'm like, nope, skip. You it's know like what a, that song it's reminds like a me of? Nagging kid. You know what that song reminds me of? Uh, on the Talking Heads first album, 77, there's a song called Who Is It? Yep. <laughs> as soon as he said Talking Heads. It's like the heads, same exact the fucking thing. song. It's yep. like just, it's it's like the same thing. Like, I I skip over that song. It's, it's, it's like, you know, David Byrne being fucking obnoxious. And, and yeah, <laughs> it's like the same fucking idea. Yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, jump on that uh, jump on that train as well. Uh, this song <laughs> is everything I don't like about Primus distilled into like three minutes or whatever its runtime was. It was just herky jerky for the sake of it, with the most fucking irritating vocals you can imagine. <laughs> the only thing that's, I agree. The only thing that saved that song is there's a pretty cool like drum solo at the end. No, I didn't oh. save it. 
I don't think that helped. Well, for me, it did. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I like the one part where, where the bass goes, and then, then he like hits the distortion pedal for a measure. That, that part's actually kind of <laughs> rad. He does that a couple justified. times on this album, and I, and I actually, it, it, it's, a, it's a cool effect. It's one that sticks out for me. All right, we're just uh, cruising around. Yeah, we're on the the, 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 the all right. Um, we're on the butthouse train. There's actually uh, there's a there's a uh, somebody who worked on uh, whoever the bastardos are on base uh, butthouse. Yes. <laughs> I, I was looking at the word yeah. when I said that. Oh, okay. All right, all right uh, Patrick. What's your MVP moment? My MVP moment. So, uh, I brought this up earlier that the that main riff in Dan Blue Collar Tweakers is just like a real standout moment, uh, and I think just on the album, uh, a real standout moment for the band as a whole is uh, during the guitar solo of that song. get Larry Lalonde just like shredding away in, in one speaker and the bass riff is doing that kick-ass thing in the other speaker and <clears throat> Tim Alexander is keeping time throughout the whole thing it's just yeah it's just like three dudes going in and doing their thing and doing what they do best uh, at, at you know probably the the height of their creative zenith uh, which I'll kind of get into later uh, yeah, that's a pretty standout moment for the band and for this record as well. Now, and maybe you can confirm this, Tom. I thought I remember hearing this way back in the day, and I'm not sure if it's uh, accurate or not, if, or if we were just thought it was. But supposedly, before Primus, Larry Lalonde was like a grindcore guitarist or some shit like that, right? Of that, yeah, that actually does sound familiar now that you bring that back up, yeah. Which you can kind of hear in the in the style of his playing because it's very uh, abrasive, I guess. It's noisy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I buy it. All right. What's your favorite? I mean, yeah, your MVP moment. Though. My MVP moment, huh? Hmm. All right. I'm just gonna. All right. So, Sergeant Baker, track three. Goofy track, super choppy. I love the little drum fills throughout the song. The little. I love those snare fills. Yes, yes, yeah. I love those. I think that's a great moment. It's it's cute, you know. Yeah. So no, it's a good track because it's like you know, (laughs) I mean, the the lyrics match the sort of like fascistic militaristic mm. vibe of of, like how they're playing. It's it's very like uh, 
yeah, like very militaristic and, and like, you know. Well, like, it's very <laughs> like, uh, what's what the fuck's his name? Uh, Arlie Army. Yeah, Arlie Army. Um, what? So, I, I, uh, one more quick thing about Sergeant Baker. Uh, I went and saw Static X in high school a long time ago. <laughs> and in the middle, in between songs, the drummer and the bassist just rocked out on Sergeant Baker for like a minute. And I was very amused by that. That's awesome. And I just, I was just like, Hey, would you look at that? I and then I ate Taco Bell. <laughs> nice. <laughs> was this uh, was this the same uh, Taco Bell experience where you were in the Emerald Square Mall cafeteria and uh, uh, Taco was thrown across the cafeteria and Brad grabbed it out of thin air and ate it? That was not the same Taco Bell experience, but that was also a good one. That's one of those. That's one of those moments that's going to go down in Brad history. <laughs> gonna be like yeah. we're gonna be like seventy five. Remember that time that Brad caught the taco out of the air? <laughs> yeah, and then very quickly we'll bring up the time he put out a trash fire with a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you got to use the right tool for the job. So <laughs> honestly, he did. It was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> His dad didn't think so. Um. No. um so. You and I are on the, the same wavelength as expected, Tom, because we are BFFs. Uh, oh. um, and uh, I'm also going to go with Sergeant Baker. I'm going to go with uh, when everything kind of comes in. I think it just kind of really, really hits hard when it comes in. And then everything's like boom, bapper. and then everybody, everything just fucking starts. And I think that's just a great, great part. Very full, yeah. Yeah. No, it's like a, it's a nice, uh, it's a very uh, a full uh, meal. It's a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, satisfying. Ah. Satisfying. No, and that's not the word. Uh, Monumentous. No, what when you have a good hearty, <laughs> it's hearty. That's what I was thinking. Hearty. Yeah. Okay. All right, Christopher. MVP moment. Uh, it's going to be in 11. Around 3 o'clock, I think, is when the mixing on this album started to improve. I can pinpoint it to there. They turned the because reverb down. They turned the 1991 down. Yeah. The, the reverb, the reverb was not a problem for me in this album. It was way less egregious than like Pearl Jam's 10 or something like that. Something else that came out this year. Um, no, uh, it was the fact that the guitar was basically inaudible unless it was doing a solo up until this point, uh, and it was usually hard pants too, which fucking makes no sense. But in 11, around 3 o'clock, when it came to an instrumental section, they started playing with the panning for everything, and it actually sounded like a band playing as opposed to, like, Les Claypool playing with, like, a drummer and there's a guitarist in the next room over. So it actually <laughs> sounded like... It was it was more pleasing to listen to at that point. So that was kind of... Uh, that was when I started picking up a little bit on this album. All right. Fair enough. 
Um, right, what do we go down now? We got to do uh, the comparable album, Patrick? Comparable. Comparable. Yeah. So, I'm actually going to go with one, a previous pick that we've done on the show. Uh, Faith No More's Angel Dust from 1992. And uh, it's not necessarily like chronologically uh, the same for, for the, for each band. Uh, but it was sort of like a turning point uh, creatively, or, or at least like for, for that record is like, I, I think what, what I mean to say was like their strongest moment creatively uh, for, for the band and kind of at around the same time uh, Angel Dust was in 1992. Uh, but also just the album itself really can't be compared to anything else but the band itself uh just like there's kind of a very uh there's a uniqueness to the sound for better or for worse uh and yeah just you know similar funk metal leanings i guess and uh it's pronounced fetal yeah (laughs) fetal Funk Fetal. Uh, that's, that's, yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a, yeah, Jim Martin and Les Claypool and, and have had in bands together too. So, so they're kind of like fucking around with, with similar influences too. Uh, yeah. I got to give credit where it's due. That's a, that's a Deegan original. That is not my joke. Is it, what the, the, the portmanteau for funk metal is fetal. Yeah, he said it on stage describing a band that uh, both of our bands played with. Uh, we did not know this band. Uh, and then he started describing funk metal as being fetal and then <laughs> assumed that they must have all been prematurely born. Oh, yeah, I bet that went well. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tommy, you got a comparable album for us? You know what? No. <laughs> Because <laughs> when I want to listen to Primus, I listen to Primus. And I don't seek I I I'm not a big fan of Faith No More. Like I, I've I've gone down the road of like sounds like Primus before, and it never I actually I don't really like things that sound like Primus. I kinda like Primus. You know? They do they they have a specific thing going on for yeah. sure. That's kind of what I was getting at too. Like I don't, I don't even think they really sound that much like Faith No More. Just like they, <laughs> they both have their own thing going on that really can't be compared to another band, despite the fact that they're in the same genre. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, comparable can be applied to other things besides just the sound of, of an album. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, I'm taking it very literal. I'm gonna go nostalgia. Okay, so. Well, so I was originally going to go with, um, I mean, Tom and I used to basically get out of high school, get in my car, and drive to fucking Town Spa or the Pub 99 every day after uh, school, and that's why I'm uh, severely overweight. Um, but, um, <laughs> so... Well worth it, though. That that bar pizza fucking rules. Yeah, so... Uh, 
when uh, we we're, we're start we're allowed to start doing um, in person recordings again, uh, Christopher is gonna get the uh, bar pizza experience because he hasn't had Linwood or Town Spa. Although I was talking to my dad the other night about Poopsies and uh, he had it as well, and he said it's fantastic. So, Poopsie? yeah, Poopsies is uh, it, yeah. it's very good. So from what I've learned, Tom, there are seven bar pizzas in the area. So there's Town Spa. There's mm-hmm. Linwood, there's mm-hmm. Cape Cod, there's mm-hmm. Poopsies, there's the yeah. Alumni, and there's the Amvets. And I guess there's another one. It, Actually, there's uh, so seven. Yeah, Amvets and then Spencer's. Those are the seven. And similar Ooh, to how yeah, that's a good one. Similar to how North Shore beefs occasionally uh, <laughs> get out of the North Shore and find locations elsewhere. There is one bar pie pizza that I know of on the North Shore as well. It's called uh, Monty's, and it's in Lynn. And it's real fucking good. Nice. Hmm. Speaking of... I will of, say, uh, I don't like Cape Cod pizza. I don't like the Cape Cod bar pizza. I've actually... Uh, I just bought it for the first time the other day at the supermarket, and Emily and I uh, cooked it up, and I don't think I cooked it long enough. But, uh, I mean, it was all right. No, I, I, yeah, you gotta get, gotta get that nice and crispy. Um, so, speaking of, uh, of North Shore beefs, Tom, I don't know if you've... Uh, been exposed to this new information that I have about these three-way beef sandwiches <laughs> that exist on the North Shore. Are you are you familiar with what a three-way beef is? Isn't that the one with uh, barbecue sauce uh, and like mayonnaise or something? You're you're on the right track. Yeah, I'll let I'll let Christopher uh, uh, handle I, this one. Yeah, James River barbecue sauce, a uh, slice of American cheese on the bottom, and uh, some mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. That's all mm-hmm. it is. And fresh, yeah, fresh someone sliced, ex- of course. Explained it to me. It sounds good. It's good. Oh, I no, explained it good. to you. Poorly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, no, no. I remember this now. I remember I came back from uh, I came back from visiting Christopher in New Hampshire. I think after last year, after we tracked the RPM because we went to Blue House and had the damn sandwiches. And I, I think I told you the and Britt in the sandwiches. chat. I was like, I was like, you guys, you, you, you gotta check out this sandwich. <laughs> I I have seen God. Uh, I, yeah, now that you say it like that, I do remember that. I'm I'm actually when we go to record uh, on Feb on Feb one, uh, Patrick. I know you were. I don't know if you were joking or not about stopping at Tessie's, but I I am one hundred percent on board. If you want to bring me one, I'll pay you for it. Oh man, that like, that will it, not just travel be an well. Hour. That that's the problem. Is it's gonna like, yeah, take an hour what? for me to get there. I don't mind getting it. What if you know. what if you break into a Domino's and you steal one of the heat wave bags that they use to deliver the pizza and you put Dude, it? You don't have idea. to. I, I could probably. I mean, I could probably put it. In, I have like fucking insulated bags. I could probably figure it out. We, we'd have to eat as soon as we, as soon as I get there. I'm like, do you really want to have that? Like right before we try to come up with ideas for music yes. because I feel like it's <laughs> fair enough. That's Dude, I've been I've been playing drums right after I eat a stupid big meal for my entire life. I don't know how to do it any other way. Yeah, that's your pre-show prep, dude. <laughs> I just gorge myself. Got a carbo load. <laughs> no, I must starve myself to get the cool riffs. Otherwise, I'm, I'm just there's just going to be like big beefers. Oh, so anyways, my comparable album. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was going to go with probably one of the three albums or just bands in general that uh, we listened to when we were after high school, which I'm sure you could probably name the three, Tom. But uh, 
Instead, actually, you know what? Could you name the three? Wait, so what, what's, what are you asking me to name? So if, if, you were to, if you were to get into the Toyota Camry after high school, what, uh-huh. what would I be listening to? Dream Theater. Yeah, that's one. Uh, Primus, right? Yeah, yep, that's two. Um, um, I don't know. I, I'm thinking of a lot of bands, but I don't know if any of them are going to be like the right one, so now I'm nervous. I feel like I got the two easy ones. You did. I think the third uh, one's pretty obvious. Maybe not. What is it? It's Tool. Okay. All right. Now that was in the that was in the discussion. Yeah. Or I was I, thinking Pantera, honestly. Oh, well, I that was the I was the other thing I was gonna say because I had that MP3 CD that just had a bunch of fucking shit on it, and we used to listen to uh, Revolution as my name all the time. Oh yeah. Um, but my, I'm gonna go actually go with for my comparable. I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, Guar. I'm actually surprised you didn't pick up on on this one, Tom. I thought you were definitely gonna grab Guar. I'm gonna go with uh, uh. Guar's War Party. Uh, I okay. feel like we were kind of listening to Guar a lot when we were listening to Primus back in the day. So, for I'll sure, go with that nostalgia. I like that. All right, Christopher. Uh, comparable album for me. I'm gonna be boring and just say uh, California by Mr. Bungle. It has some dissonant, weird shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, fair enough. <laughs> In conclusion, there was some distant weird sound on both <laughs> albums, and I listened to them front to back because that's what Jim asked me to do for the, the show. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Love, Chris. <laughs> Love, Chris. <laughs> All right, let's rate it. Patrick. All right. Whew. All right. Well, we're, we're sitting here. Uh, Patrick S. Barry, 2021, listening to this album for the first time in like over a decade. I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. And that is the highest that I'm going to give Primus. Uh, I think this is their best record. Uh, I've, I've listened to uh, most of their other albums. Uh, I'm not as familiar with Antipop. Uh, but I would say this is their best moment. Uh, and... Yeah, like other than the like the segue tracks, like the those the those nine bad boys that are there are like oh, yeah. pretty solid like Primus <laughs> tracks. Like, you know, you're you're getting what you pay for. It it's fucking it's Les Claypool and his boys just noodling around and having a good time. Uh and yeah, I, I, I think like the, the songs themselves are the strongest on this record. And yeah, good for them. <laughs> you did it, I, I guys. Like good, I have some like good memories of this record too. I think it's 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 a it's like among some favorites from the '90s for me, for sure. Definitely, Thomas. I am also going to give this an eight out of ten. Um, really? This, this well, it's not my favorite Primus album. What is your favorite so Primus? I, album? I gotta leave some wiggle room, right? Right. All right. Okay. <laughs> So, Frizzle Fry is my preferred Primus album. That one is uh, very good as well. Their first, uh, yeah, and that, that one's pretty damn good. It's, it's just I, I'm, imp- I'm just so impressed. You know, this one has like my favorite song on it, which is Tommy the Cat, which is probably my favorite Primus song. Uh, but I think Frizzle Fry, the, the, the whole arc of that album, kind of really, I, I enjoy more. Um, but that doesn't mean that this one isn't fucking awesome to me. 
And so that's why it still gets an 8 out of 10. Only because I like one other thing more. Otherwise, you know, I can't just be handing out 10s, you know? Very true, yeah. <laughs> I got to save that that's for something. two digits. Yeah. Hold on to those. <laughs> you got to earn both digits. Yeah. That's right. Um, I'm going to give it a 9. Uh, I love this album, and I think it could be a 10 if you kind of knocked out some of that filler stuff. But even the filler stuff doesn't really bother me. But this is definitely <coughs> something that, um, yeah, I'll, I'll crank this pretty often. Um, I know, I don't, I mean, I think you guys know, um, I recently just purchased the whole, the entire Primus catalog on vinyl. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Minus the, uh, yeah, Christopher, uh, tipped me off to that one. He was like, Hey, the shitty band's on sale if you want to buy it on vinyl. <laughs> uh, so I, I bought everything except for the uh, Desaturating 7. Uh, I've been kind of tossing back and forth if I want to buy that one or not. To be honest with you, uh, I don't like it, but the time we saw them play on the water with Mastin on that time, and uh, I took a little hitsy of your, your pen there. I was like, you know what? I dig this. I this moment. don't like New Primus like whatsoever. I'm... Like I don't like the idea of goblin rock. I don't <laughs> like. The, I don't like what's happening anymore. I'm off the boat. Did you like? You liked some of Green Naga Hide though, right? Uh, I Green Naga Hide was the last. That was the the death rattle of what was like normal Primus. And then like they had some good. They had some good tracks on there. But you could you could feel I felt them drift away on that album, right? And then after that, yeah. they never came back. What well, are you guys talking about? I, I can't find anything past anti pop. Did they they have they albums have two albums past after that? that? Yeah, Green Nagahide came out in what? Uh, let's see. Eleven, two thousand eleven. That one, yeah, that was the one that's got uh, it's got tragedies that coming on it, and it's basically just the Ballad of Bodacious recycled. <laughs> yeah, well, that has <laughs> it has Lee Van Cleef, which is a great single. Yeah. That's a good one. And so like I was like, all right, I can get behind this al- like that song pretty much saved that album. And then from then on, it was like uh the Willy Wonka album. Right. Oh yeah, here why uh, wasn't this show Okay, this is really weird for whatever reason Wikipedia wasn't letting me advance to that one. Yeah, it's um, not um I mean that was like go past Oh, I see what happened. Okay, I clicked on the wrong thing. I'm just stupid <laughs> at Wikipedia. Sorry guys. Uh don't mind me. No, it's it, 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 yeah, like I don't know. But then he did, you know, he had a side project uh, called Duo de Twang, which came out quasi. I like the things he does on the side now. Which before I was all about the Primus stuff, not so much the side. But now when I see Primus, I'm like, uh oh. And now I want to know what he's doing on the side. It kind of went full circle. Yeah, like the stuff he's doing with Sean Lennon is pretty cool. That was interesting. Yeah, uh, I listened to it once. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Once you know, that's yeah. It's enough. It's enough. Yeah. All right. Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Yeah, this is going to be the best part. Drum roll, please, Christopher. Oh, please give us show. your rating of 1991. Before I sailing the seas of cheese. Before I do, let me tell you how I arrived at the number. So on this album, there are ten proper songs that aren't kind of segues or or what have you. Of the ten. Four of them I strongly disliked. The rest of the six uh, were tolerable to I kind of liked it. So I'm going to give it a six. All right. That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I, I figure it's, it's not bad. Right. Um, 
I'm never going to seek this album out again. Um, however, I might throw on those damn blue color tweakers sometime. I mean, I, I don't see that as being impossible, but listening to this album is not fucking ever going to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> um, that gives us a total score of 7.75. All right, I think that's fair. I think you kind of reined us in and, and gave, it a, gave it a fair score there. Now I wish I gave it a 9 so it could have the 8. <laughs> Well, you fucked no, up. Too late. I could give it a two. No, for no reason. <laughs> I don't know. We've never had anything below a five. I don't think. No. Yeah, five was I the lowest. I, I don't think like anything. On, like it would not be worth doing anything on this show that would be lower than a five. Like, what would even be lower than that? That wouldn't just end up on jukebox zeros. You know. Like we we don't have identical taste in music like i think we actually have a pretty diverse taste in music but at the same time i think we have a certain barometer for uh bullshit yeah so I, I don't <laughs> think that any of us would pick anything that the others would hate that much yeah like i i, I five is like my rating that i would give like okay I, I respect you as a person uh but i do not <laughs> like this album <laughs> at all uh <laughs> Yeah, they like that's a fair number for that, sure. All right. All right, uh and with that, uh I'd like to play a little game that we've been playing lately called uh Guess the Net Worth. Uh so mm. with that, um <laughs> Price is Right rules, closest without going over. Patrick, what do you think that uh Les Claypool's worth? What? That's Claypool. I mean, he's a touring guy, so that that's the only way you make money these days. Uh, I mean, they're, they're still getting hits played on, on rock radio. Not so much now that we, we don't have AAF anymore. I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess he's not great with his money, though. Uh, he probably spends <laughs> a lot of money. On fishing. On, on yeah. fishing boats uh someone should tell him that you could do that for free some inspirations <laughs> for uh getting into his like characters i guess uh but he's been around a long time too so like he could have amassed some wealth uh, i'm gonna just throw a number out there 17 million okay tom i think he's doing pretty well with his money i think I'm pretty sure, I, I mean, he, that Winona's Big Brown Beaver is definitely paying him out a lot. I think it's in it's in movies. It's a very popular song. True. Um, but I still don't think he's worth as much as you said. I think he's only worth like 8 mil. Okay. Christopher? I'm going to bridge the gap and go 12 mil. All right. Christopher takes it. Uh, Les Claypool's net worth is $15 million. Wow. Damn, I almost said 15, Wait, too. Aren't I closer? You, you, oh, you no, went, without you went going over, over you went shit. Over. Yeah. Damn, I was, I was too, like, two million off. <laughs> but all right. What's he doing with all that money? Is he swimming around in it like Scrooge McDuck? Does he have his <laughs> nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie? Claypool bouncing around out on Christmas morning and saying, Bridget! I think, uh, I, speaking of the fishing stuff, I think, uh, Tom, one of my favorite things was uh, when we saw him at Bull Point Park in Providence that day. He was like, he was like, he's like, you know, I was out here earlier this morning and I threw my line into the water and uh, I didn't catch shit. 
So it's going to be a shitty show. And then they just started the show. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Got to give the man a fish. Yeah. But it was kind of cool to know that Les Claypool was fishing where I launched my boat. Um, all right. Uh, Christopher, do we have an article? We sure do. Oh, boy. All right. I don't we know if sure Tom's do. familiar with this uh, game. Uh, why, why don't you explain it to him while I uh, make sure I have something something real good here? All right, Tom. So uh, there's this uh, clickbait website called Alternative Nation. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, I don't believe I have. Okay, so um, this fucking piece of shit, uh, um, Brett Buchanan, uh, basically creates these clickbait articles on this website called Alternative Nation. And um, basically the object of the game is based on the headline... We're giving, uh, we're given, which uh, nine out of ten times doesn't have anything to fucking do with what the bulk of the article is about. Uh, we all go around the round table and try to guess what the hell the article is actually about, given the title of the uh, clickbait uh, article. Okay. Yeah, let, let me give you a current example of one that's up there now. Uh, this is from coming in hot from last week, January fourth. Red Hot Chili Peppers icon details unhealthy drug use. Now, given that, what would you think would be the meat of this article? What do you think it would actually be about? Um, somebody in the band does drugs. <laughs> you would be correct for thinking that. However, here is uh, the first... <laughs> usually, all of his stories can be summed up in the first sentence, too, which is the great part, and this is no exception. Red Hot Chili Peppers bassist Flea claimed Generation X had an unhealthy relationship with drugs, but said he doesn't fear that for the new generation. Oh, what a scumbag. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> all right, so I, I got an article here for you all to guess. Uh, we can do, um, we'll do 10 questions for it. And uh, re uh, real, real quick, I just, I just want to point out to this sidebar. Uh, so Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins actively bashes this guy who is a nobody. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. What, once again, if uh, if anyone out there is not following Billy Corgan on Instagram, I cannot recommend doing so enough. And just be sure to go through all of his stories because he's losing his goddamn mind on that platform, and it is just a treat to watch. <laughs> he's been he's been dunking the same carrot in the same fucking bowl of milk for weeks. <laughs> all right, <clears throat> pa Patrick. Patrick, this one's for you in particular. Okay. Okay. So we'll do. I'll ask. I'll give you the title. We'll do 10 questions, round robin. I'll, I'll call on Ichi to give a, ask a yes or no question. And then at the end, each of you has to make a guess as to what the article is about. So, Patrick, let's start with you on this one, because uh, like I said, it's for you. Soundgarden paycheck for super unknown revealed. Wow. Super. <laughs> Soundgarden I mean, uh, paycheck. This is great, greatly worded already. I love it. <laughs> yes. Soundgarden paycheck for super unknown revealed. It's always fucking revealed with Brett. <laughs> oh, God. A super unknown paycheck for... Soundgarden paycheck for super unknown revealed. So, like, th this is the... two-day amount that Soundgarden... Uh, Soundgarden Industries has amassed since is uh, is that your sound is that your, uh, since super unknown was released uh in whenever that was spring of 1994 is that your yes or no question no it's not i just want to make sure that <laughs> i'm i'm like well 
not too high and, and that I'm, I'm like okay and making sure that I'm understanding the phrase. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I would suggest just using that as your question because I think it will help everyone a little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes or no to that question. It, it, this is, this is a, a referring to like the, the final the total amount, made amount to that, they've, that they've amassed for, for uh, proceeds for this record. <laughs> No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm, I'm even more Jim, lost. Jim, you want to give okay. your... Uh... Uh, does it have anything to do with Cornell's estate? No. Tom, read me the headline one more time. Soundgarden paycheck for super unknown revealed. Does it have anything to do with the um, the stimulus? Oh my God. <laughs> That's amazing. No, but that would be incredible. <laughs> you get a gold star for that one. <laughs> yeah. Ben Shepard yeah. spends oh. his entire stimulus check on pills. That's not funny. Come All right, on. Patrick. Patrick, you got another uh, question? Oh, we're, oh, we get another one. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. No, we're, we're doing 10 questions. So I'll cycle through a couple of times. <clears throat> So, okay, it has nothing to do with, does it have anything to do with Super Unknown, the record, at all? Yes, uh, directly. Directly, yeah, that, that's what I need to know, okay. So it yep. directly addresses that album. Okay. It, yes, it is directly connected to We have to make to sure Super when Unknown. we're talking about, like, Brett Buchanan, because God I, knows. No, you are doing the absolute correct thing to do in this circumstance right now. All right, Good. Jim. Okay, uh, was the paycheck anything have to do with the studio sessions? Say, like, you know, it was the uh, paycheck that the <laughs> fucking assistant engineer got uh, on one of the days they were in the studio. Brendan O'Brien? Jesus Christ, Jim, you are on fire. You are so close. <laughs> <laughs> Tom. <laughs> How do I follow that? Well, just kind of dance around what he what he was saying. Okay. Does it have anything to do with the actual recording of the album? Yes, it does. Okay. All right. That is uh, question number six. Patrick. Okay. Um, <clears throat> did Michael Beinhorn, who uh, is actually the producer of Super Unknown, did he uh, get real fucking drunk on TikTok? And say, listen, motherfuckers, I, I fuck you, uh, Brendan O'Brien. I earned ten thousand dollars for for making Super Unknown, and I bet you didn't even make nine thousand for. Oh fuck! Actually, you've totally made more records than me. God damn it! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brendy. Can you? Can we still be friends? Did, did he say all that? Uh, Did he go on TikTok and, and have a drunk <laughs> confession that involved it? <laughs> no, but I'll give you a, proceeds for for uh, fucking super unknown. No, but I'll give you a bonus point because uh, Michael Beinhorn is directly involved as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved as soon as I said Beinhorn's name, you were like, "Fuck." <laughs> Jim. All right. Uh, did Michael Beinhorn post on Instagram a picture? Uh, for the uh, pill, uh, pill, for the pill, 
for the uh, amount of uh, natty ice that was purchased for the super unknown recording session. No, and let me just say, you guys are so fucking close to actually getting this. Uh, you're thinking too comically. I think it it could be a liquor bill because those guys uh, they uh, they like to drink, especially during those times. <laughs> so, all right, fuck. Tom. All right, all right. So, so did say the headline one more time. Soundgarden paycheck for super unknown revealed. Did somebody like frame or display some form of anything to to show for this recording? Like, so you're 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 close enough where I'm gonna kind of clarify what you're asking a little bit to uh, to to fit. Something that'll help you out. No one put anything on display, but someone said something. Oh. All right. Last of the 10 questions. Patrick, comes back to you. Damn, I'm I'm, I'm confused because I, I was really thinking that Jim was leading us in the right direction with the alcohol bill and like, like a receipt from a liquor store purchase was found in Michael Beinhorn's <laughs> wallet or something. So let me let me give you one last hint. Let me give you one last hint before you get take your uh, take your guess, and then all of you can uh, give me one final guess. Here's your last final clue. You're trying to find something that is far less obvious than what this is. Wait, wait. The thing, the actual thing, is less obvious than I'm. Oh no, no, no. The the, the actual thing, the actual thing is very obvious and very plain and very. It's it's a very known commodity, and you guys are you guys are like out there trying to just disparage Cornell after death. (laughs) (laughs) I have done no such thing. (laughs) Never. I love my baby boy. Um, No. So I know that. Um, there, there was like a special kind of, uh, <clears throat> special kind of tape that was used for this particular recording, uh, that like Michael Beinhorn helped develop, uh, that that was like supposed to help capture lower frequencies. Uh, so like maybe this was a a receipt for some uh, for the reel to reels that were used for this recording. No, that's too complicated. All right, so we'll go. Too Fuck complicated. Me, I yeah. think that that was obvious in terms of recording. <laughs> yeah, no, you're 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 overcomplicating things. All right, uh, we'll get the final guesses now. Jim, what do you think is the meat of the article? Soundgarden paycheck for super unknown revealed. Um. All right. So it wasn't something that was posted. It was something that was just said. Um. So I'm just gonna go ahead and and say that Michael Beinhorn was like, oh, you won't believe how much we spent on fucking pizza or something like that. Okay, Tom. It wasn't very much at all. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeepers. That was, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have no fucking idea at this point. It's complicated, but it's not complicated. You know? Oh, it's, it's gotta... not. It's not. No, it's not complicated at all. This is a very just basic thing. Did he just say how much money he got? 
Uh, okay, so that's your guess, is that he said how much money he got? <laughs> like, yep. I already said that, but sure. All right, all right, all right. And Patrick, let's let's hear your guess. Watch it. I already gave my fucking Well, I question. took your guess, so I'll think of a new you, one. <laughs> no, you, you asked all a right. yes or no question. Give me a guess. Uh, did Michael Beinhorn... Uh, Yeah, see, now I'm thinking way too fucking complicated again because I'm like, wondering if he had to like pay out to the other mixing engineers or something like that. No, that that's way too complicated. Uh, mm-hmm. Did Michael Beinhorn uh, say on Facebook? No, he's not on Facebook. Maybe Twitter. Uh, he didn't post an image, though. No. There was no image that was posted. It Nothing was on display. Nothing on display, no. <clears throat> uh, oh, man. Michael Beinhorn revealed the big reveal of how much... I don't know. Just move things along. How, how much it costs to master Super Unknown? Uh, whoever the fuck did that? It was probably Bob Ludwig, anyway. Okay, so I think it was between <laughs> between the lot of you, uh, a combination of Tom and Patrick were closest. Really? I you thought guys I was are going, closest. You guys are going to fucking be angry when you hear this. Ugh, I can't <clears throat> wait. I will read the title once again and the first sentence because once again the first sentence is all I need to read. <laughs> Soundgarden paycheck for a super unknown revealed. Soundgarden producer Michael Beinhorn has revealed that the band were given four hundred thousand dollars up front to record Super Unknown. <laughs> oh god damn it, you're right. Just, that is just the budget. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> wow. The money from the record company. Duh. Oh my god. Damn. Yeah. Imagine getting what is this, my fucking first day? Half, almost half a million dollars to just go dick off in the studio. That's the Yeah, that's 1994 like, dollars. 17 song album though. That's with a dream. Like eight B-sides. Right. Yep, so uh so that's that's it. <laughs> well, that was exciting. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. So uh that's uh like Beinhorn, I'm sure he bought uh, a lot of cocaine with that. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. I don't know. I'm just disparaging everyone's name at this point. Fuck it. What are they going to do? Take me to court? I'd like to see him try. I would, I, would, I, would, I would die just for their attention. I would say, oh my God, you're my biggest idols. And then they will drop charges, obviously. Duh. That's how that works, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the Thanks, best defense. Guys. I needed that uh, that validation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before I and uh, go on this endeavor. All right, I think uh, I think we've had enough here. Uh, so. Uh Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Old Men Yell at Cloud. Uh, I can't believe we're already in 2021. It's fucking insanity. Uh, a few more days, and uh, Donald won't be the president anymore. That's fucking fantastic. You can all... Also, yeah, sound the trumpets, have some ice cream. Yeah. Maybe I'll eat a couple of burgers. Um, Patrick, you got anything you want to plug? I'll plug my new record. 
Patrick S. Barry, uh, released under that name. It's called 20. It's on Bandcamp for sale, uh, but if you don't feel like buying it, it's on Spotify, <laughs> uh, Amazon, YouTube. I don't know. You can just rip it off YouTube for all I fucking care. But I'd like it if you go and bought it on Bandcamp at Patrick S. Barry slash releases, whatever it is. You know how that works. Just look up my name. Uh, don't, oh, Tom. Don't buy, I, I forgot don't to buy the tell other you. Patrick Barry's album. Uh, or, or do, but fuck him. No, no, no. So <laughs> so listen. So, Tom, uh, Patrick the other day goes, uh, he's like, oh, look at this fucking guy. He's got the same name as. His name's Patrick Barry. And so I looked at his profile, and uh, he's like, oh, yeah, I did the Barry Brothers for like 10 years. Dude, it's the fucking dude from, who camped next to us at fucking Nuh-uh. Bonnaroo. Yeah. Uh, bu- the Barry Brothers? Yeah. Those guys rule. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they're nice guys. No, no, they look like they look like nice guys, and actually, they they uh, uh yeah, it looks like they they're on like a, 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 a songwriter like database website that that like I, I use sometimes, and it looks like they got some good reviews and and helped some people out with their songs. Isn't that nice? Well, it's That's funny. Nice. So, uh, yeah, check out the other Patrick Barry's album. I don't know. Seems like a nice guy, I, but also check out my album. I think the funniest <laughs> part of that was um, when we were leaving. They were like, "Oh, here, take take a you know take a copy of our album." And Tom and I were both like, "Oh, these guys are like into some like fucking crazy death metal." And because uh, they had like all like long hair and they Dude. just seemed like metal dudes. And then we got gorgeous the hair. Yeah. Camo shorts. No shirts. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> we get in the car. We put the disc in and it's like this folky music. We're like, whoa. Wow. Shame on yeah, us. It's, for, it's uh, either death metal or heartland rock. It could go either way. <laughs> we got fooled. Yeah, but I thought that was hilarious. That's great. Uh, Christopher, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, just the other shows in the Zero Science Network. Uh, our, our own Baby Patrick's, uh, the Jukebox Zeros, World of Commotion, Clemshell Case Files. Uh, you, know, you know where to find him. How about you, Mr. Tom? Um, well, actually, I did want to say to all of you guys, thank you for the wonderful song in, in Stray that uh, uh, yes. you guys helped provide. Is that Can I talk about that or no? Yeah. Of course. Oh, okay. No problem. Was, uh, I didn't know if that was like allowed because you guys like you, Jimmy was staring at me like, I what? what the fuck are you doing? No. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. I uh, forgot no, you could th- see yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for that uh, source of your sorcery song. Uh, and that wound up in Stray, which you can find on the Reveal movie app. Uh, and that's a short film that I produced. And uh, with Fatfoot Films, and we're actually going to be releasing another short skit here, probably uh, sometime this month, called "There's a Ghost in the Bathroom," starring me and somebody else. <laughs> no, Mike's a He's a great ghost guy. And the bathroom. <laughs> no, I, I'm the bathroom. I have a. Yeah. You're the I have a question. <laughs> You're always the bathroom. Yeah. Got a question over here. Is the ghost poop? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it might it might just be now that I think about it. <laughs> Damn, that's deep. That's fucked. That's fucked. It's but, like that uh, astronaut meme. It's always been poop. It always has been. That's uh that's it for me. All right. Well, thanks uh again for joining us for your third time on the old men show. Uh I believe uh that makes you a You're veteran. Yeah. I'm a vet now. Oh, yeah. You're a vet. Yeah, uh, hey, now no, you're an all-star. We'll uh, we'll send yeah. you a plaque. 
I get a plaque? Uh, yeah, you're going to get a plaque. <laughs> I'm going to ship it to the wrong address, though, so you never actually get it. Uh, Someone's going to get my plaque? <laughs> yeah. I, it's going to take a while. I, gotta, I still got to get it bronzed. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting a bronze. Someone is getting a bronzed plaque with my name on it? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Someone is. It might be you. I hope it's <laughs> yeah, we're, you. Yeah, we're, we're going to send it to a random address. I hope you <laughs> accidentally pick it. The envelope itself is also being bronze. It, it can get <laughs> really <is> expensive. Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be super heavy. I like it. Um, Just for yeah, you, baby. I, yeah, I was telling Jim, I told Jim earlier that uh, you introducing us to God Bless Tiny Tim essentially at this point makes you family. Yeah. <laughs> like that, 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 that was so important. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was that was a uh, that was definitely like a gold star, very special episode. It was <laughs> oh, a, that's great. It, it was no, that was like a life event, you know, like how people, you know, you get your calendar. It's like you know, I I got married, I had a kid. Tom showed me Tiny Tim. Yeah, <laughs> true. yeah we actually we do technically have a red bubble T-shirt, and one of the few desi- uh, few designs that we have up there is uh, from that episode. It is. What is yeah. that? Jimmy's drawing. No, it is. Um, it just says a couple of hours in the garage, and it shows a, a house with a garage with the door closed and a little bit of smoke coming out of it. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, I totally uh, checked that out. That. <laughs> All right, we sure I, do have a lot of fun on this here program, don't we? I don't have anything to plug, but I will say that uh, uh, Patrick, uh, myself, Christopher, and uh, former guest Mr. John Sasser will be. Uh, Taking some COVID tests, quarantining and locking down in the studio on February 1st to participate in the RPM challenge. Looking forward to that, and hopefully we can uh, crank out some some new tunes. So keep out, keep a lookout for that on uh, March 1st. And that's uh that's about it. Um, that's a program. That's we did it. We pulled it off Yay. again. Another right. one of the books. I'm Jim. Fooled him again. <laughs> I'm Patrick. I'm Christopher. And we'll uh, see you in hell. My name's Christopher. I'm something of a movie fanatic. Hi, my name is Patrick, and uh, I have a very short attention span. In Must Watch Movies, a new podcast from the Zero Science Podcast Network, I'm going to try to put some culture into Patrick's trash brain. In each installment, Christopher will choose a critically acclaimed film for me and my guest to watch for the very first time. I'll open up each episode with why I selected the film in question and what I hope Patrick and his guests will get out of it. Meanwhile, my guests and I will attempt to give an objective take on a film that's been revered by many for years and years. So grab some popcorn and Snuggle up on the couch while you listen to a Philistine stumble his way through some of the greatest works put to celluloid. Coming in May, be sure to check out Must Watch Movies on the Zero Science Podcast Network or wherever you download podcasts. Damn it, I burned the popcorn. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.